Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards, and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. Hi, it's Marcus here, and this is a bonus episode of Recruiting Trailblazers. My very first guest on the podcast was Julie Kukulas, and when I contacted her about appearing, she was the global head of TA over at Glassdoor, but by the time we actually sat down to record the interview, her situation had changed. I reached back out to Julie to find out how she's getting on, but first a recap. Um, Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So we had talked at the very beginning of COVID uh, when I was still at Glassdoor, as many companies did, um, Glassdoor had to make some very difficult decisions about what the future looked like uh, through COVID and post-COVID. And so with that, I helped my boss determine that, that perhaps it was best for me to move on from Glassdoor and give the reins to now James Parker, who's, who's taken over um, for me. It's a great opportunity for James, but given the, the reduction in our team size, it seemed like my capabilities were maybe best used elsewhere, and it might be a good time for me to take a little break. I had wanted to take a vacation several years ago when I left Activision and didn't get a chance to do that. I went right back to work. And so this time I actually got to spend the summer with my children. So with some good R&R behind her, I asked Julie, what was her process for starting to find a new job? I started interviewing very, very selectively early on with some companies and went through probably a similar journey to others. Some went on very, very long, and um, I ended up being the great runner-up, I'm going to call myself, um, for a couple of positions. Um, And then things were a little bit slow, honestly. I tried to focus on, you know, what I always tell candidates, which is don't spend all your time on your computer trying to look for a job spend your time enjoying yourself. And so you and I have talked a lot about how much time I've spent on my Peloton um, and enjoying myself with exercise and with my children. I've been networking um, and that I would say is the most successful way. Um, And honestly, things are really starting to heat up right now. There's a lot going on, um, which is super exciting, but most of it is coming from networking. And maybe seeing positions, but figuring out who I'm connected to. I'm not a huge fan of applying for jobs online. So next, I asked Julie, does she ever click apply? I've done it very occasionally, um, but it feels like that part of the recruiting process is still broken to some extent. Um, Occasionally, you'll get responses. And I've talked to others, people on my team and other friends who have been going through the interview process during this time. Um, it definitely still feels like there's a black hole out there. Um, Glassdoor's founder, Robert Homan used to talk about that black hole all the time. And that definitely feels like it's still there, probably through no one's fault, except that there's so many people out of work in the country and recruiters are being bombarded and their teams are probably smaller during this time as well. Part of the problem, I think, is that companies are just using up their ad spend to post jobs that they're not ready to fill right now. I asked Julie what she thought. 
I would guess that they're probably still open. But what you never really know from the outside is what's going on with that role, right? Is there an internal candidate that they're trying to figure out if that internal candidate could fit the role? Are they, are they early in the pipeline? Are they far along in the pipeline? And I would say this is where maybe you need to stay sort of optimistic as you're thinking about those roles and still considering applying for them or, or trying to contact people at the company is they could go through an early process and then all their candidates fall out and they really actively are trying to hire that role. But just because you saw that position open three months ago doesn't necessarily mean that they're at the end or they've selected someone. So I would say keep trying, keep reaching out, keep networking, um, keep applying Okay, so maybe keep applying, but in conjunction with other strategies like networking and reaching out to companies and hiring managers who you'd be interested in working for. Julie? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. There's uh, one situation where I saw a job and LinkedIn and some of the other sites have some cool tools that say, like, based on your background, you are 100% fit for this role or here are the things that you're missing, right? Which is great that technology can do this for us. Um, and there was one job where it was like, you'd be 100% fit, like top 5% of candidates. And then I got an immediate rejection um, to my application, one of those few applications that I sent out. And I was like, whatever, like, all you can do is just go back to the drawing board and, you know, never have one job be the only job that's going to be the one that makes you happy, right? You've got to, you've got it just like in recruiting, you have to have a big enough pipeline of roles that you're looking at. And don't fall in love with your jobs. Just like we say, don't fall in love with your candidates because, you know, that one may fall through and it may be no fault of yours. Sounds like LinkedIn might need to work a little bit on their AI. Next, I asked Julie about interviewing. Since face-to-face is mainly out of the window, what kind of challenges are people facing just interviewing over Zoom? It's so interesting because I think empathy is going to be one of the key criteria that we have for interviewers going forward, because I've been in situations, you know, you get all dressed up and you get your zoom going and maybe you even have your little light to make you look extra, extra good. And, um, and then you have some problem with the meeting request or some problem that you can't get connected. I, um, I actually had an interview yesterday where I did two, um, one hour interviews, um, one on one day and one on the next day. The first one went off perfectly. The second one, for some reason, my entire computer needed to reboot, but the person was wonderful. We talked on the phone, we got it figured out. And then, you know, we got the camera running and everything was great. We had a wonderful interview. Um, but if not for empathy, people could get really frustrated and decide that the candidate wasn't a good candidate or they don't know how to use technology or whatever it is, right? It's um, technology is not perfect. I wanted to dig a little deeper and find out how Julie was getting on with her Zoom interviews. It is more personal. It's pretty interesting. I know I specifically tried to make my space look personal for the interview. So I wasn't in a generic space interviewing. Um, The interview that I had a couple of days ago, the person I was interviewing with had um, three children at home. And for some reason, they kept running in during our interview. And it was actually quite wonderful. He was very, very lovely with his children. And it's been really, really nice to see people open up to their own spaces and just bring a little 
extra of themselves into the process. So I think as a candidate, even though you don't get to see the company space, you get to learn a little bit more about those people that you'd be interacting with. I jokingly suggested that maybe we should invite our children to deliberately invade our Zoom calls as an icebreaker and to bring some levity to a serious situation. Julie was amused. (laughs) And she had an interesting response. It's a very strange change, right? Because we historically have been told, don't talk about children, right? Don't, don't bring up your family situation. I have been bringing up my children regularly on my interview calls because being an at-home mom with kids doing Zoom school is interesting, right? And so nearly everybody that I talk with has been asking me about my children and what grade they're in. And, and I, of course, think it's perfectly wonderful. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just another one of those personal things that we get to bring. So what is working in the world of Zoom interviews? I asked Julie to share some tips. It's interesting. I, I think it's the same things that we did before, right? You do your research, you know who you're talking to, you figure out some interesting and relevant questions to ask the people that you're meeting with. Um, obviously, being on Zoom from home, you have to make sure your connection is good and your lighting is good. Um, I think that's something that I I worked on um, from the beginning of COVID, just making sure the space and the light and everything was good so that it's not a distraction. Basically want to have as little distractions as possible. Um, But the research pieces and, you know, all that you should be putting into your interviews are effectively the same. It's interesting. I heard somebody say that, um, and this is definitely true on like television interviews, but that for interviews, you should look directly into the camera so that it looks like you're looking in their eyes. And I don't know if you have a perspective on this, but I feel like I want to be looking at the face of the person. And generally the person is looking at my face versus looking into the actual small circle of a camera. I couldn't resist sharing with Julie that I struggle not to spend the whole time on a Zoom call looking at myself. We did agree, however, that good lighting is critical for Zoom calls. It can shave years off you. It's very funny. I don't know if I told you this before, but um, when we first started using Zoom and using Zoom regularly at Glassdoor, I told our CEO, Christian, about the pretty filter. I call it the pretty filter. So I agree. I think it's very important. Then I asked Julie if she's had any great business ideas during her time off. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I don't necessarily see myself as a um, future CEO. Uh, Don't know that that's my path. However, um, friends like you and our mutual friend, Matt Allen, who was just on the podcast, um, and another friend of mine, um, a wonderful woman named Tara, who has also been inspiring me over the summer, um, have been talking about either future businesses, side hustles, or side hustles that then can become our future businesses when we decide to move out of corporate um, someday, right? In the next five to 10 years is basically what we've been, what we've been talking about. Um, So there's definitely a few ideas that are ruminating. um, And I think COVID did that for many of us, right? If your, your regular income stream went away, then you start thinking, okay, am I going right back into the thing I used to do? What really excites me? Um, Is there something else that I might be able to do? Are there other 
um, revenue streams that are really interesting. So I would say I'm fairly heavily exploring the side hustle that can turn into a future something. Great observations there from Julie about side hustles. And my final question in this very short update interview was to ask her what she was most excited about. I have some things that I'm really excited about. I'm not going to jinx anything. Um, I will say that things seem to be picking up. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday and I was saying that I had really, really wanted to take the summer off. And she started laughing and she said, it's September 1st. So I guess you did this exactly right. Right. So, um, fingers crossed, um, the right job is out there for me. I feel excited that there's a lot of people approaching me in lots of different ways. Um, so just keeping myself excited, staying on my Peloton. Julie's absolutely right, of course. Spinning is winning. And as I've always liked to say to my spinning students, and I think it goes for recruiting as well, it's the bit when you want to quit that gets you fit. So I hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you so much again to Julie Kukulas for joining me once more on Recruiting Trailblazers. And by the way, I love getting feedback on the podcast. Please connect with me on LinkedIn or send me an email to marcused at mac.com. Cheers. <laughs>